Alright, I want to draw your attention to verse 1 of 1 John chapter 4. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know we the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, wherever ye have heard it should come, even now is it already in the world. And then jump down to verse 6, it says, We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us, he that is not of God heareth not us, hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. We have several references to different spirits in this passage right here and we'll say more about this in a little bit but i do want to preach probably several messages along these lines about spirits about the spirit world you could say about spiritual things because there's there's a lot of confusion i've had a lot of people contact me about different questions in the subject because there is some crazy movements going out there of people really pushing this spirit stuff i'm not going to name any names today just because i've not looked into deeply into what these people are saying i've not heard that heard it from their own mouth i'm just kind of hearing what people are saying about it but at the same time uh eventually i'm probably going to get to naming these groups once i confirm that they're you know they're doing what i think they're doing but there's a lot of crazy teaching going on in churches right now related to the to these things and so while i do believe in devils i do believe in demonic spirits it is important that we understand not every time we see the word spirit in the Bible, even when it's associated with something negative, are we talking about like some demonic entity from another world? That's not, that's not what it is. And it's important that we understand this because while I, while I do not believe Christians can be demon possessed, I do believe though that Christians are very susceptible to being influenced and affected by bad spirits. But understand, these bad spirits, they don't have to be demonic entities, even though they might play some part, even though there might be some involvement, and which is probably maybe why the Bible refers to them as spirits. But I think as we go through some examples, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. It'll be very clear what the Bible is talking about. And I'm just going to tell you to make sure I keep your attention. I do intend to show you a guaranteed way that all of you in here can cast out an evil spirit out of your house. And it might even succeed in casting the evil spirit out of an individual. All right. Who wants to know how to do that? Okay. All right. And, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm not being funny. I'm serious. This will work. And I hope everyone in this church will have the power to do this. And I hope that you will practice this biblical guaranteed way of casting out an evil spirit that affects a lot of churches, that comes into a lot of homes, and you guys have got to keep the spirit out. And I can't wait to show you how to do this uh, because uh, I, I, I might give an illustration, maybe have just like do an example, but uh, I got I got to be careful uh, too. You know, these things are live streamed and. I don't want to go viral in a bad way or anything like that. But I'm, so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see if the spirit leads. But, uh, but now that I got your attention, it's very important that we pay attention to these parts here too. Because, for example, in the Webster's 1828, did you know there's 21 different definitions just for the word spirit? 21. 
I'm just going to show you two. Uh, one is temper or disposition of mind. Habitual or temporary as a man of generous spirit or of a revengeful spirit. The ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. Uh, let us go to the house of God in the spirit of prayer. That's in the Webster's 1828. Also, turn of mind, temper, occasion, state of mind. A perfect judge will read each word of wit with the same spirit that its author writ. So, I think those are uh, good definitions. And I believe the Bible uses the term spirit that way many times. We're going to look at some examples. So, we're going to focus on today is basically, and I think what it's showing here, a a word that we would use today to explain uh, how the Bible uses the word spirit is often a mindset. It's often referring to a mindset. And we often do. That's how we refer to these things as mindsets, but the Bible refers to them as spirits. And as we go through some of these scriptures, it's going to be very obvious this is what it's talking about. In fact, even in the Greek definition of spirit, one of the definitions is mental disposition is uh, the way it's explained. So, if your spirit gets nailed today, just understand uh, we aren't necessarily going to do an exorcism on you, but who knows, it might actually help uh, with some of you. There, we might need to perform some exorcisms around here. Uh, but again, some of you, your minds have so been so influenced by Hollywood when it comes to exorcisms, when it comes to the spirit world. Hollywood has influenced you so much that you're getting the wrong idea and goofy showboat clown preachers are also influencing the minds of people when it comes to these things. And they're turning a lot of stuff into just a big show of let's bring everybody up in front of everybody and then have a big prayer session where everybody's praying, speaking in tongues, rolling on the floor, and then people are freaking out and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's pretty sad. And, And I see right through this stuff. Because I, I do know how to try the spirits. And hopefully as we preach through these things, you'll know how to do the same thing too. In fact, we're going to see it's actually a spiritual gift that God has many people. The, the discerning of spirits. That is a spiritual gift. But folks, it's not always as spooky as you think it is. So some of these things I'm saying, it might seem a little weird to you. And if it seems a little weird and a little supernaturally and all that kind of stuff, it's probably because you've been watching too much TV. But if we actually just let the Bible influence our thinking on these things, it's not that crazy. So I understand when I show you this exorcism that you can perform on people, you're probably going to be a little disappointed because, you know, you were hoping for at least some holy water or something and a crucifix and, you know, that we were going to have, you know, scream the power of Christ compels you or something like that. But uh, that's not that's not part of it. That's not part of it at all. But uh, it, it is very important. We understand this concept, too, of how the word spirit is used in many different ways, that way some fast-talking preacher doesn't fool you into thinking he's proving things from the Bible as he's quoting Scriptures, as he's using biblical terms and using terms with spirits in it that's from the Bible that you recognize in the Bible. Some fast-talking preacher can get up and start talking about all these things and you're going to all of a sudden start thinking, man, I, I think you know, you know, he's probably right. I mean, he, did, he just said spirit of infirmity. And, you know, and that, that's in the Bible. And I guess that cancer I do have is demonic. And, you know, and I, you know, I need to have him perform an exorcism instead of surgery or something like that. It's like, what? Time out. All right? Time out. Don't just assume because a verse came out of somebody's mouth or a biblical term came out of somebody's mouth that somebody is preaching the truth. There are deceptive people out there. And it's very important that sometimes you just got to slow down a little bit and let the Bible influence our thinking instead of letting Hollywood influence our thinking. A lot of preachers have let Hollywood influence their thinking. 
on all these things. And it's obvious and it's an apparent by their practices and the things they're doing. So uh, while I hope to talk about the spooky spirits at some point, that's not really what we're talking about today. That's not really what we're talking about. Uh, but we, we should hopefully get to them real soon. But let me tell you, if you can't handle the spirits that we're going to be talking about today, if you can't even cast out, and this is, here's the thing, some of you won't be able to cast out the spirit that I'm, ta- I'm going to be talking about today. That I'm going to show you how to cast the spirit out. Some of you won't have the strength to do it. And let me tell you something, if you haven't got the strength to cast out that spirit, you definitely aren't going to have the, the power to cast out any demonic spirits. I, I can guarantee you that. In Luke uh, 10, 17, it says, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through Thy name. And He said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So understand, you know, this ability to cast out spirits, this isn't something that should get you that excited. You ought to be more excited about being saved than you are the ability to cast out some spirits. That's, and beware of those obsessed with the spirit world who clearly haven't even conquered the spirits we're going to be talking about today. Beware of those people. So let's look at the, let's look at the scriptures and examples where it uses the word spirit as a mindset. So in Luke 9.54, Luke 9.54, it says, And when the disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, and this is after they saw people, um, or when people didn't listen to them, wilt thou command, or wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elias did? Man, these wicked reprobates, they didn't listen to what we're saying. We're preaching the truth. I hope God strikes them down, breaks their teeth, melts as a snail, all the classic things, right? And he said, you know, hey, and they're like, hey, do you want us to do this? You know, because they're thinking if he wants us to do it, he'll give us the power to do it. So they're, they're, they're ready to torch some people. Okay? Now, folks, I have been possessed with this spirit many times in my life. Anybody ever been possessed with the spirit of wanting to torch somebody? Okay. And now, fortunately for everybody... God's never given me the power to do that. God has never given me the power to do that. But notice, what he, but he turned and rebuked them. Well, David, you know, you're David, imprecatory prayers, you know, all that. Listen, there's a time and a place, but just because there's a time and a place doesn't mean it's all the time. Doesn't mean it's every time you feel like it. And he turned and rebuked them and said, ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. So what is the spirit? Did, did a saved person just get possessed with the spirit? Is this proof that a saved person gets possessed by a demon? No, you know what Jesus is talking about? He's talking about their mindset here. Because he goes on to say, For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's life, lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. They had a mindset of destruction. They had a mindset of vengeance. They had a mindset of condemnation where Jesus came with a mindset or with a spirit of salvation. Jesus came with a mindset and spirit of love, of grace, of mercy. That was His mindset. That was His focus. That's what, when Jesus is going around, He's not looking for somebody to cross the line so He can give them over to a reprobate mind and then bring the hammer down on them. That wasn't what He was on a mission to do. doesn't mean that never happens. doesn't mean He'll never do that. But what He was on a mission to do is find people and get them to believe the Gospel so He could save them. 
so he could show them his love. That was his mindset. That was his focus. And, um, and so while they were doing the work and ministry Jesus wanted, they didn't have the right spirit. Their spirit, Jesus had a mindset or spirit of saving, not condemning. And so if this, is, if this was about a demonic entity, why didn't Jesus just cast them out of them right there? You know, why didn't he do that? Just cast it out of them right there. No, you know what he did? He rebuked them for it. And you know what? Sometimes Christians, they have bad spirits. They've got evil spirits in them. And you know what? We're not going to perform an exorcism, even though I think we should sometimes just for punishment. You know, have slapping you on the head and praying and blowing in your face. And, you know, we do that a few times and some of you probably fix your spirit. But at the end of the day, what should fix your spirit, what should cast out evil spirits is the preaching of the word of God. That should that should take care of some of these things and hopefully fix some of these bad spirits. But let's learn about some spirits that I believe we are in danger of being affected by. And more importantly, let's learn how to cast them out for lack of a better term. And so the ones that we're covering today, they are, they're pretty low level spirits that everyone in here should be capable of casting them out. But if you can't, it's just because you're wicked and you need to get right with God. And so I'm going to, and I'm not telling you how to cast them out of other people. I I do not want to see everybody performing exorcisms on each other after church. Okay. I I don't, I don't want to see that, especially when we have visitors and they're going to think we're a really weird church, man. They got done with service. Everybody's casting demons out of each other. No, you got an evil spirit. No, you're, that, 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 that could get ugly. Everybody's throwing holy water at each other, stuff like that. That's a funny mental picture, but I really, <laughs> I really hope that doesn't happen. But here, so I'm telling, I'm not telling you how to cast them out of other people today, but I'm telling you how you can cast them out of your presence. And so we might talk about some high level ones eventually, but most people who claim to be all about casting out these high level demons don't even know how to take care of the low level ones, which is one of the reasons I just don't believe them. Mark nine twenty eight. It says when he was coming to the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? Remember the disciples were trying to cast the devil out of that boy. They couldn't do it. Jesus did get it done. And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. So there are, there, there's the high level ones out there. There's the spooky ones out there. There's the foaming at the mouth, jumping in the fire and in the water uh, type demonic things out there. There's the, there's the maniac of Gadara. That kind of stuff is real. And that kind of stuff is real, but understand we're not ready to, we're not even ready to talk about that yet. And so let's see how many of these spirits we can go through this morning, because these are spirits that can come into the church. Look what it says in Philippians 1.27. Philippians 1.27 says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, and whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Notice that phrase, stand fast in one spirit, in one mind. You know what this is? This is a call for unity in the church. God wants churches to have a spirit of unity. That does not mean that we are all people who just agree on every little thing and we have surrounded ourselves with people who are exactly like us. Obviously, that's impossible. But but what we are supposed to do as a church, 
we should unite around certain things. We should unite around certain goals. And that is going to mean every individual in this church is sometimes going to have to deal with something that is not particularly their favorite thing to deal with. That means every individual is sometimes going to have to sing one of the hymns that eh, you don't really like that one. But in the spirit of unity, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sing with everybody else in the church. I'm going to participate with everybody else. That means, you know, there's going to be sermons that aren't necessarily your favorite type of sermon to hear. But in the spirit of unity, you know what you're going to do? You're going to be supportive in that sermon. You're not going to walk out of the service. Oh man, we thought we were going to hear somebody get exposed today. And now we're here to get ourselves exposed. Forget that. We're going home. Uh, let us know the next time you're going to name somebody. No, no. We, we participate. Well, I think we ought to go soloing in this area today. But you know what? You know, so I, I'm not going. No. You get on board with the program of the church. Doesn't mean you think exactly the same. And I, and, but it's just about uniting for a common cause, for the advancement of the gospel. We do not want to stand in the way of these things. We do not want to be the squeaky wheel all the time. We don't want to be the people that always need attention, always have a problem with something. We need that spirit of unity. But let me tell you, we are capable of getting, and you are capable of being affected by the spirit of discord. And let me tell you, that is an evil spirit. That is an abomination of a spirit that you don't want. Too many people today are coming to church for their own edifying instead of for the edifying of others, which is why we're supposed to be in church. 1 Corinthians 12, 17, Did I make a gain of you by any of them whom I sent unto you? I desired Titus, and with him I sent a brother. Did Titus make a gain of you? Walked we not in the same spirit? Walked we not in the same steps? Again, think ye that we excuse ourselves unto you? We speak before God in Christ, but we do all things, dearly beloved, for your edifying. For I fear lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I would, and that I shall be found unto you such as each would not, lest there be debates, envyings, wraths, strifes, backbitings, whisperings, swellings, tumults. All those bad things he just named there, that's what happens when you get a spirit of discord. You know what? When you get it, if you have that spirit of discord, you're that person who you come to church when you feel like it. You come to church when you're going to get edified. You come to church so everybody can make you feel good. And if somebody doesn't make you feel good, if somebody irritates you in any way, you've got a problem with it and you're going to try to figure out how you can get rid of them and how you can drive those people out and you're going to cause problems. You're going to tell everybody else about the problems you're having. But when you come, like the Apostle Paul, like Titus, with the spirit of edifying, with the spirit of unity, that we are here to encourage other people. I'm here to be a help to other people. That's the kind of spirit that we ought to have. But too many people today, it's all about what I want for myself. What's going to please me? And what do they do? They come in sowing a spirit of discord. Letting everybody know about all their little problems they have. Folks, that is one of the most terrible things you can do. Listen, any of us that has been in this church for any length of time, we could go and we could start picking apart anybody in this church. We've been going to church with each other long enough. We all know what each other's faults are. We all know what everybody's shortcomings is. And But why on earth would I go around telling everybody in the church about it? Why would I, if we have some visitor coming to the church, well, I'm glad you're here. I hope you like our church. But, you know, just understand there are certain people you're probably going to want to watch out for. People do that. People feel like it's their responsibility to warn all the new visitors about all the people in the church and all their problems. And those are the same people too that will come to the pastor. Pastor, I don't understand. We get so many visitors, but they never come back. I know why. It's because you talk to all of them. 
How about you leave them alone and maybe some of these people come back. You freaked them out. You told them about everybody's problems. You told them about all my problems. What, what made you do that? Why do you think you need to do that? You know what they've got? They've got that evil spirit of discord because they are all about themselves. And you know what? People like that, and I'm not discouraging anyone from being friendly to visitors and reaching out and that kind of stuff. But let me tell you, and, and please do that. We've had people in this church who have been, they, they make our church look good with their friendliness. And they're always good at reaching out to visitors. And, and I know how, and I've, I've tried the spirits in those people. We had Miss Ella May that used to come to the church. She was one of the best in that area. She was just gifted in that area. She made our church look so much more friendly because she just took it to another level. That's who she was. It was real. But let me tell you, we've had other people come through here, even recently come through here, who immediately like latch on to visitors and stuff. And it's like they do it to sow discord and division. You know, and one of them, that was coming is now got one of our visitors that that came going to some weird tongue talking church. And it's just like, why were you even coming to this church? You know, if if you're okay with that kind of stuff, why were you even in this church? And then they're taking a visitor that and they they were they were the first one to like greet this person. I was like, oh, that's nice, really friendly. Problem is, when they left, they took them with them. And it's just like, and I'm telling you, people like that. They are. They're a problem. They sow discord. They cause, they cause division. And you gotta watch out for them. And we can't have a successful church where everyone has the attitude of, I don't like this. I don't agree with this. And then they gotta share it with everybody. And listen, if you go to church and the first time you get together with a family, they play the game where they say how they love the church, but they just don't like whatever. Understand they got a bad spirit. Understand that's that spirit of discord. And you better watch out, folks. So let me tell you something. These, these spirits spread. You better believe it. They spread. And it, listen, if you're someone who is easily bothered by disagreements, you just need to get over yourself. You need to take on the spirit of Christ and say, not my will, and stop acting like God's will is your will. And that's what everybody thinks. I just don't think this is God's will. No, I don't think it's your will. And, and here's the thing too. Sometimes you might be right in your opinion about something, but again, is this your place? You know, I might not agree with how some wife in the church does something with her husband. But at the same time, is it my place to go to that woman and say, listen, Jezebel, it's time for you to start submitting. No, and, and husbands, I wouldn't be helping you out if I did that. It's not my place to do that kind of thing. It's not my place. Your, your, your kids, I might think they need spanked for something. You're not spanking them. I might be right. It's not my place to go spank your kid. And you ought to have a problem if I do something like that. And so we don't want to have that attitude of we just always have to have our will being done. And one of my biggest fears too, you know, you have people that, you know, watch on the internet, you know, they'll talk about moving here and stuff. And I, I love when people move here, but I'm all, but sometimes I've talked to some of these people and it's like, well, I know where you go to church. That's a pretty good church. And they'll talk like it's the most terrible place in the world. And it's just like, no, I, I know your church. I know your pastor. If you don't like that church, you're not going to like it here either. Because let me tell you, if you, if you don't like some of these churches that are out there, then that just tells me you have that spirit of discord. You have that spirit of division. And you're just trying to use the fact 
that I di- you know I disagree with them on some things, and so they think I'm going to agree with them about how terrible their church is. And I don't. When I, and when I talk to people like that, and they're telling me about how terrible their church is, when I know their pastor and I know that church, I do. I, and even when I don't know the pastor, sometimes I'm just like, I think this is probably one of those bad spirits. I don't want, I don't want these people in our church. And so, you know, watch out for people like that. This spirit easily spreads like a virus. So, you know, how can we cast the spirit out? Okay, listen, and folks, you need to do this. Somebody, somebody comes over to our house, and they, they do. Have you ever had that person that every time you talk to them, you're just in a bad mood afterwards? You're just depressed? I know preachers that when I talk to them, I'm always discouraged when I get done because they tell me about every single IFB preacher that's gone liberal. There's one pastor I know who... Uh, had, um, last time I went over to his house, he just proceeded, and I should have cast this spirit out. I, I, I would have been a little uncomfortable because I was in his house, and he probably would have just cast me out, but I probably should have tried anyway. But he just proceeded to tell me about all these preachers going liberal, and he had the evidence on his phone. He had screenshots and things saved about how their wives were dressing, people they were, hang, got, you know, preachers that were heretics they were getting their pictures taken with, and all this kind of stuff. And man, I just left that house and I'm just like, man, the whole IFB is just going down the toilet. Now, and then, you know, and then this guy got busted for being a pervert not long after that, interestingly enough. But, you know, here's the thing. When somebody does that, when they're bringing that spirit of division, when they're making you hate on everybody, when you, when you do, when you're spending time with somebody, if they're, the more time you spend with them, the more problems you have with this church, understand they have that spirit of discord and here's how you cast them out. Okay? It says in Proverbs 25:23, the north wind driveth away rain, so doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. Okay? Should I demonstrate this? Right, who, who wants a devil cast out of them right now? Jason, come on. Jason needs a devil cast out of him. I, sh- I should have planned this and had Jason's a better actor than me, so he he could have he could have done better at this. All right, but. Okay, so Jason is here, and he's been he's he's telling he's talking trash about people in the church. He's telling me all your problems. He has a bad spirit in him. So according to the Bible, here, here's what you do. Get out! <laughs> Somebody comes in your house and you do that to them, they're gonna go. You, you do that to somebody when they come talking trash about God's people, about God's children. You think they're ever going to want to come give you gossip again? That's all you have to do. I didn't use any holy water. I didn't have a crucifix. I didn't have to say any prayers. I didn't have to do any fasting. All I had to do is get myself a good angry countenance and scream to get out. That's all I had to do. How many of you would get out if I did that to you? I mean, I, <laughs> that's all it takes. Okay, you all have entered level one spirit casting out status. You now you now know how to do it. But you know what? Most people know. You know, mo- uh, you just you sit there and you take it. You know, because like, you're scared. You know, you don't. You know, because you're, you're afraid of that person. Because you know, if 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 I if I make them mad, they're probably going to go back talk. 
you know, talk bad about me to everybody else in the church. Listen, but if we can get everybody in the church casting that spirit out of them, you know what? Pretty soon, they'll either just get out or, you know what they do? They might get right. And not only did, not only did you cast that evil spirit out of your house, you might have cast it out of them. I mean, they might be so traumatized after you spaz out on them like that that they might... I am never saying anything bad about anybody again. I remember we had a lady that came to... Uh, we had a, we used to do these Thanksgiving meals uh, on Thanksgiving Day, and this lady came out one time, and uh, I remember uh, my mom witnessed to her. The lady got she got saved, made a profession, and so I remember me and my dad. We went to go do a follow up visitor visit at her house. She just happened to live right across the street from another Baptist church, and I remember um, we went to the house. We're like, hey, we appreciate you coming. You know, we just wanted to invite you to our church. You know, we we're excited about you getting saved. You know, we're just Trying to, trying to invite her to church and she had invited us inside and then she, and I've told this story before but I know a lot of you probably haven't heard it but I remember she just went and she just was like, oh, I don't think I can make it. And then, you know, it's like, oh, you know, that's okay. You know, I understand if you can't make it. And she's like, I don't think I can make it. And she like walks across the living room goes and sits on her couch. And my dad's like, that's, and she like buries her hands in her face. My dad's like, that's okay. You know, if you can't make it. And then she just started screaming. And you know what we did? We ran out of the house. <laughs> and I remember we got out of the house and we, you know, we didn't want to just like go book into our car because that looks bad. You know, if you just go charging out of somebody's house when the lady's screaming. But you know, listen, when ladies start screaming, I'm getting out of there. Yeah, I'm getting out of there. And you know what? We never did another follow-up visit again. I remember where we parked. It was just outside the house. We like got to the car. We're freaked out. And then we get out of the car and we, we could hear she came outside and she screamed again. It was weird. Now, she was just kind of crazy and we didn't realize it. My dad was like, I should have told her we were the Baptist church right across the street. <laughs> we, were, we, were afraid, we were afraid she was going to come back. But we never went back there again. And so ladies, just yeah, next time some woman comes over gossiping, just start screaming. Do it. Just start screaming bloody murder. Scream like you're possessed with the devil. Because that's what I was like, was that lady possessed or something? You know, we were, we, we were wondering what was going on. But I'm telling you, that spirit will never come back. So uh, make sure you do that. Proverbs 12.8. We need people, or not Proverbs, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We need people who are capable of discerning spirits. You know, you need to understand the difference between somebody who maybe is coming to you with a legitimate problem and somebody who's just trying to sow discord. You know, there, there is a time and a place to hear, listen to people, to give them a shoulder to cry on. There, there is a time for that. There is a time to take a prayer request. But there, but folks, sometimes people are just gossiping. Be praying for so and so. Their marriage is falling apart. You know, hey, there's a time to pray for someone's marriage, but sometimes, you know, those who have that discerning of spirits, they know when that person is really burdened and wanting, and really want people to pray and when they're just trying to spread gossip. Oh, really? I didn't hear that. I didn't know they were having marriage problems. What's going on? Tell me more. No, what, Bible says in Proverbs, or 1 Corinthians 12, 8, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. Okay? And what is that discerning of spirits? 
are able to understand what kind of demon it is. You know, that's one of them Beelzebub demons. You know, that's one of them... What, no, no, they're able... They understand where things come from. Uh, in First John, we don't have time to go back to First John, but it's talking about you know the spirit of Christ, the spirit of Antichrist. There's there's some people that are really good at understanding where something came from. Okay, like you know, as a pastor, as a, as a teacher of the Bible, I can tell when somebody is preaching with conviction from the you know the scripture. Even if they are making a mistake, you know, I can tell when, hey, this person's sincere, their heart's in the right place, they're trying. I can tell the difference between that and somebody who's just carrying water for their denomination, for the group that they run with. It's real obvious. And, you know, and if, when it's a water boy, you know nothing's going to change what they have to say. But there's other people out there, you can tell, hey, this person has the right spirit, they've got their, their heart's in the right place, they're trying, they're an heir, you know you can help those people. And there are, and, and uh, there's people that are real good at understanding where something's coming from. I can tell this person's just trying to be a gossip. Where I can tell this person is really in need. This person really needs help right now. Uh, and so there's a, uh, when it comes to all these things, and there's probably several things that we're going to talk about over the next weeks. But you know, hopefully, as you grow in your spiritual life, you'll be good at discerning these spirits and understanding where these things are coming from. And it's, it's very important that you, you know, you're able to identify the source of these things. And so, if people, uh, and, you know, and so how can you tell or discern if somebody has a spirit of division? Well, if they're sharing problems with you that you aren't in any position to fix while not sharing them with the people who could fix them, that's probably somebody who's got the wrong spirit. You know, if after you're done talking with somebody, they've made you just have negative feelings about someone else. You know, they probably got the wrong spirit. If, if the Sunday after someone comes to your house barfing all their areas of discontent and you start noticing those same things, their bad spirits affecting you. All of a sudden now you're having problems with the same thing. So we got to watch out for that. There's a lot of other spirits too. I'll try to hit some of these ones quick. But how about just the spirit of carnality? Ephesians 2 1 says, And you hath he quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among, and what is that spirit? Well, notice what he says, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So, that spirit... Uh, that now work in the children of disobedience, that's just that spirit of carnality. With that person that's just going after the lust of the flesh. If all your, like when you go into a church and like everything is just identical to whatever's going on in the world, you know, that they've got that spirit that works in the children of disobedience. It's the lust of the flesh. They're using all the lust of the flesh to, to promote things. That's not right. That is not the kind of spirit we ought to have. That's a carnal spirit. It's wrong. Ephesians 4.22 says, "...and that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind." We have to constantly renew our spirit when it comes to putting off that old man because we just naturally are all going to be inclined and prone to being carnal. 
to going after the things of the flesh. Every one of us in here, we have the flesh and we're all going to be inclined to those things and we've got to constantly renew our mind or renew our spirit in this area and say, you know what? No, I want to be like Christ. I don't want to be like the world. I don't want to get caught up in the things of the flesh. I'm not going to, I, I don't want to promote these things, but unfortunately, that's what most, that's what most churches are using today. They're using the things of the flesh. And there isn't just one person, you know, or there isn't one person in this church who's perfect. There isn't one person in this church who isn't occasionally carnal and maybe giving themselves over to some carnal things. And most, you know, most of the stuff we do, you know, in here probably are things that aren't going to be too offensive to other people in the church. But you know what? No one should ever try to promote their carnality. Yeah, if, if you have areas where you're pushing it, you know, we're probably not going to throw you out of the church. If I go and I look in your car and I see a Garth Brooks CD or something like that, you know, I, I don't know if anybody's listening to him anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to throw you out of the church or anything like that. But let me tell you, I see you passing them out in the church. I see, you t- I, I see you telling people, hey, you know, you should go listen to Garth Brooks, Kenny Chesney. I don't know, I don't know who the country singers are these days. You know, we're going to have a problem. We don't need you spreading that carnal spirit in the church. You know, if I go to the gas station and I see somebody in this church buying a lottery ticket, something like that, listen, you know, a lot of people have strongholds in their life that hopefully they're working on. Hopefully they're trying to get victory over. If I find, find out you're struggling with some kind of, you know, the thing of the flesh like that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to kick you out for being stupid. I'm not going to kick you out of the church for your wasteful stupidity on a, the, the stupid on a shameful level. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I wouldn't share my publicly, my just lack of respect that I have for you and the, my shock and horror at your irresponsible behavior. But only thing you start promoting that stuff in church, you start spreading that spirit of carnality. A lot of people, when they get saved, they're going to be pretty carnal for a while. But hopefully, hopefully, we'll see some progress in those people. Hopefully, we'll see them moving in the right direction. And as long as we're seeing that kind of thing, I'm encouraged, I'm blessed, I'm happy. But when it's a problem, it's not when somebody reaches a certain level of sin, but it's when, again, when they're promoting that spirit. They're promoting that carnality. You got this one person that's getting victory over something like that, and then they got another Christian telling them, hey, no, there's, there's, it's okay. It's okay to have some of this stuff. Listen, we ought to be trying to get all of it out of our life. We need to make sure... We, uh, that we take care of these things. So, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.10. I'm going to try to quickly hit some of these. But God hath revealed them un- unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know all things that are freely given to us of God. So notice we have this spirit of the world. And many people, they have a very worldly mindset where not only do they want to fit in with the world, but they want to promote all the same things. And so folks, you know, what is that spirit of the world? Well, what does it look like? Well, you know, it changes a little bit throughout time. But, you know, for example, if a church gets all caught up with the latest political movements, it's probably becoming worldly and getting the spirit of the world. Whether it be those who listen to the left and all their sermons are on racism, homophobia, environmentalism, 
you know, stuff like that. Or somebody on the right who all their sermons turn into back the blue, support the troops, stand, you know, stand for the flag, you know, stand with Israel, all that kind of stuff. You know, the, all those political, political movements too. You know, when, when your church has just become like a, like a, you know, a water boy for Fox News, you've got the spirit of the world. Just like the United Methodist Church that has the spirit of CNN and NBC. That's also the spirit of the world. And just because, you know, you've picked a nicer looking group like Fox News, you're still worldly. You're, you're still worldly. And so not all pol- political movements are bad or as bad as others. But let me tell you, those things aren't our mission. And we've got to watch out. We don't get that spirit of the world. We've got, the Bible talks about seducing spirits in 1 Corinthians 4, or 1 Timothy 4.1. It says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And again, these are, these are referring to mindsets. And there are, there are some doctrines that are false and their danger is they're so appealing to carnal man. And that's why people get seduced by these. Man, these, you know, the, you know, the, the demented grace crowd, the perverted grace crowd. You know, there's things about that that's appealing. If you want to live sensual. If you want to live in lasciviousness. And that's why people get caught up in that stuff. And then too, you know, you've got churches that, that basically, you know, you've got your lordship churches, salvation churches, and people that are in bondage in those things, often they do, they find that other thing much more appealing. You know, because like in the lordship crowd, you can never be secure in your salvation. But in this other crowd, you can have your salvation and be stinking rotten at the same time, and nobody cares. And, you know, and, it's, and, it's, and the thing is, you know, obviously, you know, we believe that a person can be saved, and it's not about the change of life or anything like that. But let me tell you something we will not allow that seducing spirit of acting like it's okay for you to continue being carnal while being saved. We won't take away your salvation here, but we will try to take away all your fun. We will try to do that because we should not live lascivious lives. But there's preachers out there, they they preach very appealing things, appealing to the flesh. And they seduce people, and you've got to learn to spot those kind of things. There's a spirit of error the Bible talks about in 1 John 4, 6, We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. There are some people, they just can't stop making mistakes. You know why? Because their, their mindset's all wrong. They're trying to force certain doctrines into the Bible and they just keep messing up. They just keep making mistakes. And they do. They just have the spirit of error. They're just always getting everything wrong. And that's, that's that kind of thing. It's not of God. And while we're all capable of error, it doesn't mean, though, that we are without fault or guilt when we do. People act like, well, it was a mistake. Therefore, you can't hold me accountable. But no, there is a spirit of error that you're responsible for. In James 1.14, it says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. But it's a mistake. How can you just tell me not to make a mistake? Because these mistakes that people are making, these errors people are making, is because they are letting their flesh guide them. And we cannot do that as Christians. We have got to let the Holy Spirit guide us. And when we mess up, when we are in error, it's our fault. You are not an innocent victim in that situation. No, 
you were enticed because of your own lust, because you were walking in the flesh, you let it trick you. You let it entice you. That, that's, what, that's what you did. And so, we've got to learn how to check our spirits as a church, as individuals, and, we, and how to get these things right when they happen. Galatians 6.18 says, Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. We need, we need to ask God, Lord, help our spirit as a church. Lord, help my spirit. I'm a wreck right now. I'm not happy right now. I'm not content right now. I'm always in turmoil. I've got some really bad mindsets. I'm negative about everything. I'm not friendly. I've got all these problems. I, I, I sow discord. I, I just can't unite with anything. I, nobody can please me on anything. No, nothing makes me happy. I can't find a perfect church. You know, my husband never makes me happy. My kids never make me happy. My wife never makes me happy. Whatever, whatever it is. And say, Lord, help my spirit. Because I'm telling you right now, it is about mindset. Because let me tell you, there's everybody always thinks they're just that one thing away from finding happiness. If I, if I just had enough money, I'd be happy. If I just had this job, if I just had this one thing, everybody's always just one thing away from finally being happy. But let me tell you something. You can always find somebody poorer than you who's still happier than you. You can find somebody with more kids than you, less kids than you that are happy. You can find somebody who's married that's happier than you or unhappier than you, somebody who's not married. Who, I mean, there's, there's always somebody that it seems to be finding victory in a worse situation than whatever you, it is you think you're in. You know why? Because they have the right spirit. They have the spirit of God. They've let the, thing, the, the good spirits take over in their life. And there's some people out there they're so happy. Their spirit is so good. And you look at them and you're like, what do you guys have to even be happy about? But you know what? They, they, there's always reason to be happy. And let me tell you, there's always a reason to be miserable. What spirit are you going to let take over in your life? What spirit are you going to let take over? And tonight, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to kind of go more on the good side of these things and talk about the good spirits. And uh, because these things are important. You've got to understand too, sometimes... I might talk more about this in the later week. God gives people bad spirits as punishment. If that's going on, you know what? We need to get right as quick as possible. And you know what Israel needs uh, 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 needs to do like right now? They need to turn to the Lord. And that is what we should do anytime we find ourselves under the chastening hand of God. It says in Romans 11.8, according as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber. Why? Because they're not turning to Him. But he says if they'll, if they'll turn to him, that veil will be taken away. But they have they have to turn to him first, and we've got we've got to get right. The key to having a good spirit, we've got to get right with God. And so hopefully this kind of uh, helps you understand. That's what we're seeing all the times. It's referring to a mindset. And if you've got a bad mindset right now, don't blame the devil. Don't blame some demonic entity. It might have something to do with your surroundings, but I promise you, you can control it. And you need to learn to cast those bad spirits out of your life, out of your house, out of your mind, and replace them with the good spirits. And we'll talk about them tonight. So with that, let's pray to your Lord. I pray this message was a help to everyone. Lord, I pray you will be with the spirit of this church. I pray you'll be with my spirit. I pray you'll be with the spirits of everyone here. Help us, Lord, to... Do what we have to do and be obedient and remove the negative spirits from our life. And I pray, Lord, you'll help us to replace them with good spirits. I pray you'll use the message tonight.
to help us to uh, get the good spirits uh, a part of our life. In your name we pray. Amen.